ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, TerraMaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. TPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talk Sandy. Jim Hardy, welcome to ATV Talk. Thank you so much for coming on. How you doing, Leonard? I'm doing great, sir. How are you? I'm very good. Just uh, anxious. Been waiting for you to call. Well, <laughs> you know, I have to go through my normal day job before I get to do my night job. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you made it home safe from from uh, Glen Helen. Oh yeah. Uh, was yeah, it was a long a great- drive. Go ahead. No, well, we flew out. Um, we left. We flew in the San Diego area, and then we were uh, managed to get close to roll design to Doug's, and then um, we we hung out there most of the time, and then uh, we went obviously to the works race and that, and uh, it was it was quite an experience. It was pretty neat. Um, I've been to Glen, Glen Helen a couple times. I was there back in two thousand four when. Uh, Kevin Avina and Josh Fredericks were together. Um, and then, uh, you know, it was neat to get out there. I've never been to a works race. I was like this. I can't say I've never been to one. I was at one, the bike side, uh, but I'd never been to the ATV one. So it was kind of cool there. And then uh, obviously uh, Joel and Grayson came out. So uh, me and Joel's mechanic, Gary, were able to, uh, get that whole experience out there. Um, it was, it was crazy. Cause, uh, it was so cool how you guys treated us out there. You know, it was like, we were part of, part of the family out on the West coast. So, uh, it was pretty neat. It was a good experience. Obviously Joel and Grayson both did very well. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, just the experience of how well everything you guys were, and uh, like you got us some parts. Everybody's like, hey, you're going to need this. You're going to need that. And uh, they helped us, you know, because we came out there with motocross, motocross bikes, basically. And they weren't really a work style bike. And then they threw in a rock section and all this. And we ended up like we got that uh, carrier guard from you. Right. And, uh, you know, we didn't have one for Grayson's bike. And we seen what happened to Grayson's bike not having one he completely 
tackled his rear rotor and Joel was able to go on and obviously win against Bo, which was a great battle within itself too. Well, it was great having you guys and, and always having new influx of different riders or especially a rider of, of Joel's prestige. I mean, he's one yeah. of the fastest riders in the world and, and to have him come and, and race with us and be part of our family is was pretty awesome. You, you do realize that was my real first weekend back since the final round in 19. Really? Yeah. Wow. Where you been? Um, had some family issues. Oh, I got you. I got you. Uh, my mom, my mom was really ill and okay. she passed this year. I got you. Uh, just you know i've been traveling for the races for 30 years oh i get it and i get it th there was some changes that were made and uh, not to get too deep into it and then a rider got yep. injured and my mom was sick in the family it was just it, it was everything just happened for me to be at home yeah i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you and in 30 years after never being home on a Saturday on a race weekend, you talk about an uneasy feeling. You're right. Oh, boy. yeah. You've been doing it your whole life, you know? Yeah. That's what made you me know? think I was, that's what made me think I wasn't busy and I should start a podcast. Oh, hey, I think it's a good, I think it's a good thing. Uh, you got, you got so much history. Like I remember, I go back to the, you know, the mid to late eighties, I was, you know, a little kid and I was like 13 and I was riding Honda 125s. And I remember reading all the three and four wheel action and dirt wheels magazines with uh, Marty Hart and Duncan Racing and Lauren and all that. And, uh, you know, even back in the 80, like 86, 87, when I first got my first 250R it had a Paul Turner pipe and, you know, and all that stuff. And it had a Paul Turner motor. I put it, I bought all this stuff for it back then in which it was really cool. Like when I got to meet you and I haven't, I haven't met Lauren ever or Paul Turner, but a funny story. I'm like, I'm going to break into one real quick no is in 2000, right around 2006 ish right in there 2007 i remember going to the nationals and i was i was seeing chad weenan and uh our paul paul turner who is actually was chad weenan's mechanic actually it might not even been 2006 might have been later i went up to paul turner because i thought it was paul turner the engine builder and i'm like hey man i'm like man, you did a great motor for me back in 87 and all this stuff. And he's power washing Chad's four wheeler and he's giving me this weird look. And I'm just like, and he's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I'm just like, wow, man, the guys, you know, he's a legend, you know, and I'd come to find out it's not the same Paul Turner. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. I, I laughed to this day. And actually me and Paul, Chad's old, Chad's old mechanic, we, uh, Paul Turner are actually really good friends now because of that day, but it was just, I started laughing and I didn't like, I never ever seen or knew Paul Turner, the engine guy racing engines. I just knew of all of his, all of his huge stuff he did on the West coast. So well, that was pretty funny. He hasn't been involved 
since the 80, end of 87. Oh, wow. So it's all been kind of Lauren? It's all been Lauren. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy, isn't it? The card file that Lauren has on ported cylinders, just the two-stroke stuff, that yeah. all says Paul Turner on it. Um, you wouldn't believe the stacks of little steel boxes full of cards that he had. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, See, we're most, getting some good knowledge here. <laughs> most people don't understand the history, even though it's on our website. Yeah. Uh, Lauren took over the, the business operations in this in 87. And then it was a short time after that, that Paul invented rock shocks. And okay. then it rolled into Lauren bought the, the rights to Paul Turner and yep. uh, Paul Turner didn't invent, didn't come up with the Banshee pipe. Didn't right. come up with the LT 500 pipe. I believe oh, wow. there was a little bit of uh, uh, counseling and talking to Lauren about it, but for the most part, that was Lauren. Wow. That's not say I knew about the rock shock and the mountain bike stuff that he started going that route, you know, but, uh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. You know, I kind of knew that they he wasn't as involved as what he used to be. But that I knew Lauren had a lot or had a lot to do with it. But I didn't know when that transition happened. Yeah, all of those 250R motors and all that stuff that went on in the late 80s, early 90s or through the 90s. That was all Lauren. That's crazy. That's cool. though. I mean, that's that's good. That's a lot of history. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't even don't even realize that all the development work that went into the Banshee and the LT five hundred, the LT two, oh, yeah. that was all Lauren. Wow. Yeah, I've I've rode a couple of his Pike Peak motors. We used to ice race uh, back home, and and they were there was like a four oh six or something crazy, and on a half mile studded Banshee coming out of a corner and stabbing it, and the front end comes right off the ground. I was like, wow. That was like the fastest banshee I ever rode, you know. And that's just the four hundred three. There was yeah, or four three. Yeah, there was some other stuff that that he's done that he doesn't like to talk about. Um, yeah, doesn't really want to promote it because our whole deal is rideable, reliable horsepower. Right. When you start building into the exotics and you start getting really big. You start getting uh, the reliability gets short because you're squeezing every inch out of it. Oh yeah. Yep, I get it. I get it for sure. And that's just not what Lauren likes to do. No, you don't, you don't want that headache of having something blow up every other time they ride it. And then your name looks bad too. You know what I mean? It just, it don't make good business sense neither. You know, Race engines fail all the time. So yep. it doesn't matter how great you are. They're going to fail. Yep. They're getting put to the extreme. I mean, look at, look at Joel. I mean, Joel actually had, a really good year this year with not in that well like we didn't blow up i don't think anything i mean he just he had a really strong year when we made the switch from honda we had a lot of i mean we had issues with honda um and i'm not bagging on the honda it's just it there's better technology out there now and the hondas create great horsepower but man you're you're ringing them you're ringing them out and uh we really got you know, the Yamaha, a good torque package and where Joel don't have to scream it. And honestly, he, uh, the, the motors were really actually pretty good this year. He, I just spoke to him a couple nights ago and he really, really likes that Yamaha. Yeah. He's, he he's the things about the Honda. 
Yeah. But he likes his Yamaha. Yeah, he is a, his first his first Yamaha he got was actually my bike that I was building at the time and I was almost done with it. And uh we wanted to hurry up and get him on one. And David's like, Hey, I'll, you know, the owner of the team's like, Hey, will you sell me that? And I was like, sure. You know, I'm like, I don't got time to ride right now myself personally. So yeah, I'll sell it to you. And uh, I mean, he ended up buying it and we had the old style front ends on it. Then uh, Mike Walsh decided to build him his own front end, which was the JH one front end. And uh, now they, once we got that on it, the rear end he was in love with from day one. He didn't say one bad thing about it, but we couldn't get it to turn as good as the Honda, which most of the Hondas, we run the LTR front end. So a little bit different. So we ended up building a similar geometry. Uh, Mike did for us. And, and he, as soon as we got it on, we pulled the front end off that I had on the original one he was selling and then uh we got that on and he just a lot of things changed and then they got shock packages dialed in with uh impact and it, everything everything started to work a lot better okay for sure. educate me a little bit okay and i and i'll tell you what i know okay you tell me what you know all right i do a little bit of test riding and and for all the people that are listening i'm sorry that i'm injecting myself in the conversation There's a couple <laughs> listeners that'll know that you know uh, after you hear this you'll understand where i'm going with it yep um i've test ridden a honda ridden it in multiple raced it i've done quite a bit of testing with the ltr the package is not something that we spent a lot of time racing with it but we did spend time testing it the old school Yamaha and then the new school Yamaha. I understand about the turning of the LTR because nobody's made a machine that turns better than the LTR yet. You were, we were, what we were discussing is the turning on the LTR, the TRX 450R and the YFZ 450R. Uh, what I was saying is I have test ridden all three machines in an environment that um, it, it's all about how they turn. Right. The LTR, I can turn inside of itself. Yep. What I mean by that is if you take the width of a parking spot, I can turn that machine in that parking spot at speed. Back it in, drive it out, no problem. Yep. I can turn a YFCR in about a parking spot and a half. Okay, I need 40 acres to turn that Honda. Yeah. You know, you're talking. Yeah, that's it. it. That's it. And that's uh, I've I, I've I'm the same as you. I've rode them all, and I even even the 400 EX turned really well. And uh, but that uh, it, it's there's so such a comparison. Like when I rode the LTR, it it just felt real heavy. But man, if you turned it, it turned, and it turned now without any issue. So answer my answer me on how the the because i've ridden the honda with the ltr front end and i i thought it was okay i was not i was not personally like oh wow this is the greatest thing ever okay sorry for those guys that think it is um, right but what in what 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 didn't turn about the yamaha um 
I think they were looking for it. So I don't know. So like, were you on moto? Were you on uh, like more of a, like a works race or were you on moto? Asphalt. Okay. I got you. So, so, um, so you have to, you, if it doesn't turn on asphalt, you know, because it won't rotate. I gotcha. Um, that's a good question. I mean, it, it felt like to me, the front end plows a little more on the Yamaha uh, right out of the box without any, any special arm or spindle change. Um, where I noticed it was at slower speeds as weird as it sounds like when I rode the LTR Hondas, I'm talking about through the pits, I could take and turn the wheel and it will just carve right on a dime. When I would do that with a Yamaha, it wouldn't, it would plow. And I was like, that's weird. But and that ain't even at a high rate of speed. I could notice that just there. But when you get into, I don't know, I think you see a lot more of it different when you're getting into um, with moto, you know, you're diving into the corners and they're trying to carve them. I, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is between like you're saying with the pavement and dirt, you know, you would think it would be, I don't know. I think, I think uh, the pavement is a little more positive set where, you know, I don't know. That's a good question, but I know that, I know that Joel, when we, when he got on that, it was night and day. He says, that's it. This is, this is, the feel I like. This is what I felt with the Honda, and and a lot in our Hondas were all LTR front ends. So it, I'm assuming it has something to do with the geometry. You know, the LTR geometry, the feel of that LTR. Yeah, and and maybe that's just the feel Joel likes. He likes that feel. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't. You know, his speed is so much different than everybody else's when it comes to moto. Um, it, it, it's hard to, you know, everybody really, I feel is trying to mirror more what he's doing just because his speed is crazy. You know, he's a phenomenal rider. He's... Yeah. It's just, it, it's crazy that, you know, like I'm, I was, I was fortunate to have one race with Joel where his mechanic got sick and they said, Hey, will you, will you set in for him for us? You know, and that, and that's, that's a weird feeling because like Joel, you know, he's got to trust you. And, you know, I don't know that Joel was a hundred percent, you know, you, you can't just grab anybody. Joel's got to somehow, you know, jive with you a little bit. And I was scared probably more than what Joel was just because, you know, I don't want nothing to happen to him or anything happen, you know, on the track with the bike or anything. And uh, we went to South of the border and I was, it was cool to be able to set in one race with them and, uh, be his mechanic and you know we had a very successful day we won and and i mean it it wasn't anything i did but just to be able to talk to joel on the line and uh we had some ideas and i i kicked some stuff at him and he tried it and we were able to launch out of the hole and it was something as little as nobody was heating up the tires on the line and we decided i said joel let's heat the tires up before it drops and he said okay let's do it i mean he he trusted me enough to say, let's do it. And he did it. And he just, I mean, I can remember it like yesterday and he just launched like three bike lengths out of everyone. 
And then second moto, everybody's warming up the tires and doing everything. But it was just, it was a cool, it was my first win with a pro rider who is basically one of the best. But uh, he did, he did all the work, but it was still, it was just, it's something in my, in my resume that I can say, hey man, I was, I was with him that one, but it's pretty cool. That is awesome. That, yeah. that, I mean, the, the, those are the stories that make it for us. You yeah. Know? Uh, okay, I, I've always figured myself as a more of a mechanic instead yeah. of a rider, even though I've been a rider. You, in your in the information that I read about you, you were a racer. Yeah, yeah. And I started I started back in uh, probably around eighty four, eighty five, and uh, just started dabbling with ice racing, and then uh, ended up sneaking out one night with my brother in law, who wasn't at the time, and. Uh, went to a race and he said, here, why don't you ride, why don't you ride my quad sport at a big half mile or quarter mile flat track. And I ended up trophying and had to come home and explain that one to my mom and dad, uh, what I was doing with the trophy. And then, uh, then they ended up getting me a 250 R in 87. And then, uh, uh, it just started from there and around 88, I met up with a guy who was big into banshees. Uh, ended up uh, running all of our district stuff and doing really good there. And then uh, headed on to nationals, um, ran nationals, uh, ended up fifth in the nation in the pro open pro class. And then uh, things kind of went south and we separated. And then I took a year off and then got back into it again. And man, I've bounced in and out of racing uh, ATVs for a while now and I still love it and I I can't shake it um I, I currently I'm building like seven or eight YFZ carb models out of my garage uh for the non-studded class just to go have fun on the ice with a bunch of buddies you know it's I can't you know it's I've been in and out and then uh I went back to try running I ran 30 plus you know that would have been 2004 and I came out to Glen Helen. That's where I met Kevin Avina and Josh Fredericks and them. And uh, Wimmer was out there and all them guys. And I made it about three rounds in. I broke my wrist and then Chiani. So that sidelined me for a little bit. So I took some time off from Nationals, ran local stuff for a couple more years. And then I said, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try doing 40 plus. I'm going to come out and do that. And I was about, that was 2016. I was about four rounds in. And uh, I crashed at high point, but I finished the race and I got fourth and it was a mud race. And we ended up, I was driving home and Paul Turner just so happened to give me a call. And he said, Hey, uh, what's your phone number? And I gave it to him. And uh, he says, somebody's going to call you. And that's when uh, David Eller called me with Phoenix racing and uh, said, Hey, you want to be a mechanic for my son? And I'm like, he's like, give me your social, give me all this stuff. He's like, I'm going to send you plane tickets. And I, th I think our first race was in Alabama or something. And uh, he flew me to Alabama and I started wrenching. I mean, I, I've wrenched on and off. Uh, we had some local guys that ran nationals. Uh, Jordan Gallagher, he was a production A in 458 national champion. Um, I worked with him. I built some of his quads. Um, and then, you know, like I've always bounced back and forth and always felt like, yeah, helping people a lot, you know, so 
I just, uh, you know, I, I've worked with a lot of local guys and, and help them out, help their kids out, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, 2016, I met up with Grayson Eller, who's David's son. And uh, we ended up uh, first race together, won our first moto together, cool stuff like that. We run some nationals together. Um, Grayson's been runner up a few times, uh, 450A and stuff like that. And, you know, he's running GNCC now. So that kind of, I've been mainly on the moto side of it. So I go to a few GNCCs a year just to, to get the feel of it, just to understand the GNCC side. And I, uh, I started building wheel covers that were similar to, I don't know if you know, Harold Goodman. Yes. And uh, I built some similar to his, but I was making them thicker. And then I started going farther and I actually made some inners and some outers. And I started working with uh, uh, Bryson Neal, who's a rocket fast. I ended up working with him and gave him some. And then uh, now I got stuff on there. I, we had some on Joel's when he went over to Italy and stuff like that. And, uh, I read the whole team runs them and stuff. So it's, it's been kind of cool. I was able to develop a little product, not trying to get, not trying to make any huge money off it or not like that, but just, just enjoy helping the sport and, you know, keep going to the races. And then, you know, I think I've been with Phoenix now for about five or six years. So it's been, it, I enjoy it. David's great to be, he's a big kid like us. You know, he's get, he's got a huge bike uh, history. Um, you know, he's got uh, arena cross teams too also. And he's just always had his hands and bikes and, you know, his kid wanted to race four wheelers. So it kind of threw him off. And I was just lucky at the time. I, like I said, I met Paul Turner, the Wienens mechanic, Paul Turner, and, uh, he was able to put a bug in their ear, get me in there. And, uh, I haven't really left. I'm pretty loyal, you know, to the team. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's cool to still kind of be in the mix of it, even though it's, you know, I'm almost 50, I'm 49 now. So it's, it's hard to, you can't, you can't run like you used to, but, uh, you know, I still enjoy it and love it. You know, I don't think that you'll ever get the race mechanic or the race out of the blood. You know, uh, I mean, I still think I can go race. I'm 55. <laughs> yeah. My body says, no, no dummy. You just sit right here and, you know, put that wrench back in your hand and you'll be fine. You're right. I, uh, I keep talking to myself. I've won almost every district class, like, cause I've started, cause I've been doing it so long in local perspectives. And I just go, well, I could, I could win the 40 plus and 50 plus next year. And that what more can I do? There's no more classes, you know, and <laughs> but I keep thinking about it and I got a brand new quad sitting at home and I'm, and I'm putting it together and that's almost done. And I'm just going, do I really need to do this? But I, it's just, I love it. And I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to shake it. You know, you know how it is. Uh, yeah. I, I get enough test time that I realize when I'm testing that I don't, I don't have it. I, mean, I, I really would love to ride with Joel and like, uh, like over on uh, East coast, Nick Janus has got a track. I would really love to, to go like ride with them guys, kind of train and just see, you know, they're, they're at a whole nother level, 
but them guys are, it's so cool. Watch. I mean, even like this last couple of years, I've been wrenching for Jeffrey Ristrelli and it's like them, like even Jeffrey, that he is wide open and uh, you just look at them and go, you know, like what can they do more to get to Joel's level? I mean, me as a rider, I don't even know what them guys can do because I watch Jeffrey and Nick and all these guys ride and I go, them guys are hauling. And, and but Joel is still, you know, Joel's still, he's still a second faster than people. And I just go, where do you gain that ground on that guy? You know, I have watched some videos and I haven't, I haven't been blessed with other than seeing Joel at Glen Helen. Yeah, I haven't been blessed with going and seeing them ride. I think that he is on a different level in the turns. Yeah, he is. He does straight away in the bumps and in the jumps. You're really not gaining anything there, but he's gaining. He has. He I don't even know how to put it in words, but there's something that he does in the turns and Chad has it too. Yeah. Yeah. They just have this ability to keep the machine at a higher rate of speed through that turn without scuffing where some of the riders will go in and they will use that berm to slow them down to make the turn where Chad and Joel have figured out a way to enter the turn in the berm and it it keeps them at speed and under control at the same time. And and the the, the funny part is is they're two totally different riders. Like Joel is uh is a lower rider. I, I know he's short, but he's a lower center of gravity rider. He's really hangs down low. Chad's just the opposite. Chad's almost like standing up through the corners and uh both like you said they're both it's amazing to watch Chad is Joel is a wild man. He's like a light switch. You turn it on, you ain't shutting it off. I watch him get mad on the line and just, and it's like, man, why would anybody say anything to that kid to fire him up on the line? Because he's, he's, he's so focused. Chad, on the other hand, I've watched Chad, you know, I've me and Chad's joked around a lot on the line before and, you know, I, I try to prod them a little bit every now and then if we're all up on the line. Like I used to go up before I was helping Jeffrey, I used to go up and film Joel's stuff. So I'd be up on the line holding an umbrella, whatever goggles. And, uh, you know, I'd poke Chad while I'm up there. And, and them guys would be going, oh, man, you know, well, then they'd try poking Joel. And it just turns on a light switch. And it's like, you guys don't know what you're doing right now. And Joel just turns into a I mean, he's, he turns into a whole nother guy when, when you poke him, you don't want to poke him. That's all I got to say. You don't (laughs) want to poke him, but no, it, it, you know, it's cool because Chad is such a tall, tall guy and he's obviously, you know, eight time champion. He's, he's done a lot of things that a lot of people haven't done. And obviously, you know, I knew Gary Denton growing up and I was friends with him and Wayne when they were, when they were in the, in the late eighties. And uh, I just go, you know, you have to respect what Chad's done. You just do. And uh, 
you know, and there's nothing more our team wants to do is beat them. And, you know, so it's frustrating when we don't, you know. Well, let's let's put it in perspective. Look at the great list of riders that have won two. Yeah, true. That's a good point. Okay. Good point. Joel's in that group. Yeah. So he he can't take anything away from him. Like if his career ended today, he's still a two-time champ. Yeah. 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 But it, you know, look at look at two of them years. You're only talking two points within two points. I mean, I it doesn't it. matter. I get it. I get it. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, I get it too. I mean, I, it's tough. I mean, I, I being in, if I was in Joel's shoes, it, it grinds, it would grind me, but he still is. I mean, he's, I say this, but I don't say this in a bad way. He is like the James Stewart of ATVs. You know, I mean, look at Stewart. I mean, he was so fast and did so much, but you know, couldn't he didn't seal the package joel still got a lot of time and i and there's no doubt in my mind he can do it um i i would love to see joel grab another four or five or six championships you know but i just don't know where that where that's at yet you know when joel finds his place and and as a man you know what i'm talking about yep when we find our our center and nothing's going to rock us. The bad things don't bother us. The good things are cool. But, hey, we got to go. We got to go. Yeah. We got to do our thing. It, look out. Yeah. Oh, he will. He will. He will dominate until he chooses to not. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. He's it. It's it's i tell you what, you know, I hired in for Phoenix in 2016 and, you know, I seen a little bit of Jeremiah Jones championships and stuff like that. I was not involved or anything like that there, but I seen it and I seen how good a rider like JJ was your Tim Fars, your Corey Ellis all them guys. I, I watched a lot of them guys and Thomas Brown and Pat Brown and, and, you know, Joel is like you said, his cornering is amazing. It, it's amazing. Uh, what he's teaching, like he puts on a lot of riding classes and I got, you know, there's kids who I work with that come back to it and go, well, I'm doing this wrong. I'm not, I need to ride the brake more. And I'm a little more old school. I don't like riding brakes because I know it's slowing you down, but Joel's speed, he, you know, he's dragging brakes, front brakes through the corner, staying on it longer and just doing crazy things that you know we, as me and you being older guys we didn't do that stuff probably back then you know we just it's just he just he found something and i don't know if it was through joel was a flat track racer and that and that reminds me a lot of you know tt racing and you know and i don't know he's he's found a great he can corner like no other and, and let's let's face it he's a jumper there ain't right. nothing you can't throw at joel and he's going to be one of the first to do it. And and I seen that at Ironman, uh, what he did, uh, Godzilla and all his stuff. And I'm just, I mean, I got it on film and I'm just going there. They, they were so high up. And once you do it, they all got to do it or you ain't going to be near them. Right. And I'm guys once, once Joel, I mean, I know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Brown there. he, he uh he did it he would do it 
and then they all started doing it. And, you know, Joel would, Joel would sometimes be the first one to do it. And then sometimes he'd let somebody else do it, but once it, he's not scared by any means to do it, that's for sure. So he's got that no fear in him, you know, still. Exactly. Do, do you watch MotoGP at all? Yes. Did you see the article about Mark Marquez that Carl Crutchlow uh, talked about? I, I did about? that. No, I did not. And this rolls into Joel's quarter speed because he's got something that the rest of them are trying to find. Carl Crutchlow t- said that the reason Mark Marquez was the best guy ever, he says on average, the guys are locking up the front brake or the front wheel on their MotoGP bikes, you know, anywhere from 10 to 20 times a lap. This is the average guy, right? Mark Marquez locks up the front wheel of his bike like 125 times. Wow. That's crazy. Well, I, and you can't see the lockup in the, when you watch the videos, you right. watch it in slow motion, but I got you. It, it, the, the braking that he uses, he says the rest of us can't do it. He says that's huh. why he can ride the Honda like nobody else can because he rides totally different. Right. With his yeah. right arm injury, he can't work the brake the same way, so he can't ride the machine the same. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. That, I mean, it's... <laughs> And when your competitor comes out and gives your secret away, you know, it, yeah. So something that Joel's doing is, is the rest of the field's looking for. I had a conversation a couple of days ago with Joel and we were talking about the youngers, the young guys coming. And I, I know that there's one of them in there, maybe two that are going to, that are going to find it. They're going to get fast. Max, I think, I think Max is going to be something special. Matt, I tell you what, it's, you, it's funny you bring him up because, uh, you know, he's worked with Chad. Uh, that was you know, more of a Chad program that, that they were working with Chad. And that's kind of Chad's kind of put him under his wing. And uh, he rides just like Chad. He looked, I, I mean, I watched him a lot in the pro-am. And I was like, wow, <laughs> like he was fast, you know, cause in the pro-am classes, you're getting a lot more hybrid stuff in there and you get a lot of guys who run like the Walsh hybrid. And that's been more of the dominant bike for that pro-am class for a long time, I think. And, uh, but when everybody transitions to the production bike, I don't see him doing as well. Well, here's the key thing with that is Max ran the production bike in the Pro-Am and was fast. So, and, you know, like I said, he rides. I, it was weird. It was, he looks just like Chad on the bike. He looks really good. Uh, I mean, I think he's going to be good. Um, hey, Zach Decker don't look too bad either. He's He's been riding good. Um, I'm trying to think of who. Well, you know, of Zach, but I have not. He hasn't put it together yet. You know what I'm saying? Isn't he? He's not a pro yet, is he? 
No, no. Yeah, so. No, but I mean, I'm looking at, you know, pro-ams that are going to come up. And, and you're right. I guess Max is a pro. But um, who else do you see? I really like um, Ford. Oh, he's good. He's a good kid. Okay, the first time I ever saw him, he was in the same gear as Joel. Bike looked the same as Joel. And I thought it was Joel. And I'm and I'm watching this thing and I'm looking at third place and I'm thinking, gosh, who's that in third? They're going pretty good. And then I realized that's that's not Joel in second. And he was all over Chad. Yeah. It turns out that Joel won the race. Right. But those two had a battle and he ended up passing them both but, somewhere in the race. But yeah, Bryce's Bryce uh he was an eye opener this year. I mean, he is, I think he needs, I almost feel like he needs to bulk up a little more, but man, that first half the race, you got your hands full with him, especially in the pro class. He's a great starter too. He's a good, He's a great rider. You can't take nothing away from the kid. He's good. What about Wolf? Oh, Wesley. Yeah. Uh, Wesley's an animal. He's, he's uh He's a good guy. I, I, I love Wesley to death. I, I help him out with wheel covers and stuff like that. But uh, Wesley is – I watch Wesley. I'm trying to think of the track over by Minnesota there. Um, I watched him for the first time in, like, 2016, and I thought it was a miniature Joel. I was like, this guy's sending stuff that nobody's doing. And uh, – Wesley's awesome. And the, the funny part with Wesley is, is that he rides GNCC also. Mm -hmm. He's, he's, he's respectable in GNCC and then he comes and does moto and then he goes home and works probably 90 hours a week construction. And I don't think anybody realizes what he does. And Wesley's, well, he's a great guy. He's, I mean, him get along great. Uh, good. He's, I mean, he wants to win. I mean, it, the, the from third on back is so insane. Right. If you took Joel, if you took Joel and Chad out of it, I, I couldn't tell you who the champion is going to be that year. I just couldn't, because it's going to be all about consistency. And man, it, I mean, it, even Jeffrey. Jeffrey was Jeffrey was on fire last round. And the round before it, he was there. I mean, we kept getting better and better and better. And we one mistake here and, 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 you know, it shuffle them two spots. And, but man, you know, like, I, I really couldn't tell you if you were to ask me who's going to be number three. And I'll just say, I'll just say, Chad and Joel are one and two. We'll just say that. I'll throw that out. If you was to tell me who is the number three guy, I couldn't tell you because they're so close. If I had to pick right now who I think is going to be number three next year, I think it's going to be Max. Yeah. I think Max is going to win a race next year. I don't know. I don't. It's hard. too hard to tell with Chad and Joel there. That, 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 I, under, I understand that, and maybe I'm putting some cards out there that, that I shouldn't be playing, but no, I, I believe that there's going to be a new winner this 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 year. And, I, and I believe that. 
I believe that. I think you're gonna have you're gonna have one of them weird races, and but I think if it's straight up, straight up beaten, I don't think that can happen yet. I think that Chad and Joel. I hope somebody can prove me wrong. I really do. I hope they can prove me wrong. I hope Jeffrey can prove me wrong, because Jeffrey. If Jeffrey stays on the program that he switched over to this year, uh, his uh, eating and dieting and all that, I'm telling you what, Jeffrey's Jeffrey's very capable. I mean, we've seen a second place run out of him and stuff like that. And I mean, Jeffrey's very capable. I mean, Janusa, Janusa gets a start. He's a handful. I mean, Bryce, Bryce gets good starts and he gets he gets about halfway to three quarters and then he'll fade a little bit but i just he said he's such a little you know a little kid i say kid he's not a kid but he's so little you know that he's got it's a lot to hang on to them them big bikes but he's he's fast he's got speed well you're also talking about joel is a is a man yeah you're right okay jeffrey is a man yeah the rest of them, to my knowledge, are still becoming men. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know as well as anybody, consistency will win championships. And man Chad, 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 being a man, yeah. has done that the best. Uh, Joel, pretty soon, Chad, you know, Chad will probably be, I'm saying Chad's going to get a couple years left, and then Chad's going to move on or or call it a great career one of the best ever and then uh you know joel's gonna if joel don't stop that rain now which i think it joel's the only guy that can uh you know joel will continue to win for a while yet i, I mean but the only people you know like you said yeah you know that all these people me and you talk about every, are capable every time we've said in the uk you look at you look at all forms of racing and every time we've said Hey, when that guy leaves, this guy's going to dominate. How many times does that not happen? Probably more than what we thought, eh? <laughs> right. And and yeah. and because yeah. there's some there's a wild card that comes in. Yeah, you're nobody right. Nobody expected. And yeah. there might be a there might be a young kid that's coming out of there that could be another Jeremiah Jones. You're right. You're right. But usually, let's be honest. Usually, we're seeing it. Yep. We're uh, seeing it through the minis, you know, minis, uh, the schoolboys. You're seeing yeah, yeah, somebody yeah. that at a dominant speed. Uh, Bryce Ford, I mean, his biggest battles coming up through was like Trevor Thatcher, people like that. Them two battled it out all the time. Um, I think, you know, and then everybody's moved wasn't, on. I wasn't Thatcher just unbelievably fast? Yeah, he was. He's he still is. He's just got hurt the last couple of times he's went out and him, him and him and Bryce were very compatible. And then, uh, you know, Bryce, Bryce had a little, I don't, I can't remember the exact what happened if, uh, if Trevor got hurt and then Bryce moved up and on and then Trevor took some time off and then he started to come back and then he had a bad accident and, and he was still fast. Now, was he Bryce fast then? I don't know because he wasn't running with them, but his times looked pretty dang good, and, and they were pretty respectable in the pro class, 
even. So um, whether or not he's going to come back again, I know he had that, uh, he had a big wreck that uh, I think it was almost like a year ago. And, and he, he broke a lot of bones and stuff like that, but you know what? He's a young kid still. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen on Trevor. I know his dad real well. And, and I know Trevor real well. And uh, you know, I, I, I know the, you know, like I said, they, he got beat up pretty good on the last wreck. And I, you know, I hate to see that friend one. Cause I know that their hearts there. I know his dad is a, is a, is a beast behind that motor scene with them and a great mechanic also. So I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if he'll be back or not, but I think it would take him probably a year or two to get back into the, the pace. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. So yeah, I'm going to do my best to make it to a couple of races. I'm hoping next year, depending on how ATV talk goes, we have some things in the works to try to do. Um, we're trying to grow so that we can get around. I would like to go to a GNCC as well. I would also like to find a TT to, to go to, um, because, uh, there's some things that, that there's just people that I want to talk to that race these different forms and these different, uh, disciplines that you ought to go to that, that anniversary at Pine Lake. Are they going to do that again? I don't know, but that that's always a huge turnout at Ashtabula. I, if I was you and was looking at TT stuff, that's what I would look for. That's that's a great. I mean, I I hope they do because it was so cool. I didn't get to go myself. I was gonna go and I didn't, and I think that would be a the one to be at. It was a it was a bad year for us to go. Yes, yeah, same here. We couldn't we couldn't pull it off, you know. Yeah. But, we're uh, i'm i'm trying to be game to do everything uh, right it's very difficult to have a full-time job which all of us in the oh. atb world do um, yep. and i still i still can't stop wanting to be involved in the racing <laughs> as as a bike builder and a mechanic so yeah i i work with travis damon and anybody else that i can work with at the time um as long as that, as long as Travis sponsor works out and holds out, then uh, he works with the low profile guys. And as long as that relationship is good, uh, then I'll continue, I believe, to, to work with his machines. Um, I don't go to the races. That's one thing they don't have me do. They bring me the machine, have me work on it. Send right. It to races. Um, the, the, that's you know, that's of, always hard. That's yeah, always that's hard. a that's a lot of my stuff. So I'm more of a weekend warrior where they they're building stuff back at the shop in North Carolina and they just fly me into the track. And I usually stuff comes there prepped and, or close to prepped. And then I just go through it while I'm there and then do the grind for the whole weekend. And, and then I fly back home. So I don't really get a lot of the stuff in my, my shop. So any stuff I'm working on is either personal or local guys stuff, you know? So isn't that hard? It is. It's terrible. It's it's the worst because I don't have I have some input, but I don't have a lot of input. You know what I'm saying? It, it, so Gary's the main guy at our shop. He does a great job. I mean, he really does. He builds all Joel's stuff, um, and he tries to mirror everything off Joel's bike, and we try to keep everything identical. And uh, 
it's just, uh, you know, there's, there's stuff that I want to do different or I'd like to try. And it's, it's hard to do that because you have to, you really need to test to try it in my opinion. And, you know, like I, I still, sometimes I feel like, you know, you would know this, uh, you know how critical the short and swing arm era was with the 250Rs and all that. And everybody was shortening them up, doing that. I still think for somebody light like a Joel or something, I still think there's something there that would get whole shot and traction mm -hmm. that would matter. But it, we haven't tested it. And, and I don't think a lot of people have, to be honest with you. Um, a little bit out here, it's been done. Has it? And and it's it doesn't it doesn't work as well as you think it would. Really? Um I'd have to really think hard about the things that I was told because I wasn't hands-on in the test. Yeah. Um the longer one was better. Half inch longer yeah. than stock was better. Huh. Instead of half inch shorter. I gotcha. But you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's like I mean, look at you. It, go it has something to do with the the way the Yamaha rear end works, and if you really wanted to get high tech, let's get Doug Roll involved in the conversation, and he could talk to us for three minutes, and we'd both have a headache and <laughs> and, and and walk away because we wouldn't understand what he said, anyways. But you know, yes, I agree with that, and and you need to go out with a swing arm with with three different links. And three different shocks or four different shocks and ride, you know, hundreds of laps uh, right. to, to, to get it down. And, and yeah, there's for certain tracks, I think that your shorter swing arm might work at, at specific events, but it may not work for everyone. No, right. Chain hit. Yep. You know, different swing arms, different shocks different places they raced you know he had a he had a setup for everything you know yep. well i don't think this is going to work here let's do this let's do that and uh that's why one of the reasons why that guy was so phenomenally successful is because he knew the setup and had the product in the trailer yeah yeah and and he had a he had a huge tt background too where he knew what's going to hook them up, what isn't. And, and like, we went to tracks like South of the border. I mean, it, it was something as simple as like me and Jeffrey, me and Jeffrey, like I ran, like you get your, you know, narrowing up the axle hooks it up, but doesn't make it tippy. You know, it's tomato, tomato, but we, you know, I've, I've made up shims for that for, so that we could try that because we knew how slippery a track South of the border gets and we were just looking for anything at that time. And, and we started talking about swing arms, but we were like, man, we, you know, I, I think they're scared. I didn't, I say scared. I think they're scared to try it sometimes because, well, you know, if it don't work, is it going to be way worse? You know what I mean? So. Well, on know, race day. Yeah. That's, you, you almost have to build it, put it on a practice bike and make them ride it for, months before you put right. them on the racetrack just so that no. yeah i agree with you and and some of the stuff i mean i'm just looking at you know hole shots that traction that initial traction to the first corner if it gets them there i think you know 
I think they're good after that because everybody kind of weeds out, but just that first being the first one of the first corner is such a huge, huge thing, you know, but you know, we're, we're working on things. We're going to, we're going to try some things out, but um, do, do, you know, we'll you guys run in, do you guys run inserts in the tires? In, yeah. Do you run blocks or balls? Balls. A lot of testing in that. <laughs> yeah. Them guys been running them for so long. They got it down. You know what I mean? It's just like tire blocks. Like we ran blocks. We ran blocks in Grayson's bike because I had to swap tires at uh, Glen Helen, but Joel had balls in his because that's a that's their their gig. And uh, we were kind of we didn't bring a lot of extra stuff out there. And we ended up running blocks and no tire pressure. And I was like, I've never done that. Usually we run two three, four pounds, something like that in the balls. But uh, it was, it was crazy to see how all that even worked. And uh, I know Kenny Sanford at tire blocks, great guy. And uh, it just, he's, it, it's, it's neat how that they've figured something out. Like, cause I didn't realize how bad, you know, the rocks are out there on the West coast. They just, they just cut, we cut a tire in practice and didn't even know it next day. We're like, I'm like, man, that tire looks flat. And it was. So we had to end up having to borrow tires from Brandon, you know, and uh, Kevin. So uh, they, they were super cool to give us a set of tires. And like I said, it, the trip out there was, uh, it was just, it was, it was, you guys made us feel at home. That was cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. And on motocross, you guys like the air pressure in the tire? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they still run tire balls in moto. They're still running that, and uh, we we pretty much we can't you know you can't afford can't get afford to get a flat. You know, I've seen. Uh, you think I've it seen, helps uh, traction? You know, it, I think it plays a role in it for sure. Um, you know, we've seen guys come up to the line with tire ball with tire balls and have a flat. You know, and it was crazy. <laughs> you know, so. It, it, we we do it definitely for the insurance of being able to finish the moto, but um you know but we've we've ran them for so long that it's pretty much normal now you know that's all we run. Wow, yeah, I am run blocks and run balls. Um, and when I run balls, I run no air in the tire. Yeah, yeah. See, we always run a little bit. Um, I've, I've personally never seen us not run no air like you guys do on the West coast. And, and, but I was, I was pretty impressed by it because we ended up running no air in Grayson's and, uh, and and, that's a difference between the block and the ball. Most of the times when I run blocks, I run a couple pounds of air. Okay. But with the balls, I always want, I, 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 the reason I went to balls is because the dead basketball feel. When you drop yeah. that tire and it goes thud, it keeps it on the ground. So you're not getting the recoil bounce back. So I got you. you're rebound. You're, you're not, you're not rebounding from the tire. You're rebounding from the shock. I got you. And it, it always got better traction tire wear went down it kept a sharper edge on the tire for a longer period of time you know I got you. a secret away but i'm not really because there's other guys that already know this yeah no i agree that's a <laughs> people are going on 
Joel runs one pound of air pressure? No, I just yeah. kid. <laughs> well, I know there's some guys that are like, oh, wow, we've been running three or we've been running nothing. Or, or yeah, some guys run eight pounds. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't get it. You know, they don't get the whole thing. But I personally just, uh, just got it within the last five years, you know, and I'm not an expert on it. And I won't even say I am, but I know what we run. You know what I mean? So I'd love to go to the 2009 Dakar again with the knowledge I have of how the tire balls work versus what we did there. And what we, the, the rider believes that we lost balls because of the cactus. We lost balls because we ran not enough air pressure in the ball for the high speed asphalt asphalt and it yeah. melt the ball. Oh, wow. Well, we That's learned crazy. two months, three months afterwards that you double the lube and you increase the ball pressure for the, for the asphalt, for the long hours on the asphalt. When you right. ride the machine for an hour and a half to two hours on the asphalt, it was cooking the balls. Wow. So then he would go out there and run and get pop balls and get vibrations and have a bad run because the balls were failing, not due to the cactus, but due to the heat. Yep. And I tried huh. to explain it to him years later, but he didn't, he, he, he thinks I'm an idiot, but it's okay. <laughs> probably am, you know, yeah, right. Right. Now yeah. Yeah, we could talk forever about those things. Um, I really appreciate you coming on ATV talk, Jim. And oh, it's a it's an honor to be on this show, man. I, there's been some uh, some pretty good guys on here that were, uh, you know, Corey Ellis and guys like that who I, I know real well. And it's like it, it's cool. I sit back and watch a lot of these shows. And uh, you ever you ever think about like getting like a Marty Hart or somebody like that I've had back in the on. day? I've had Have you had on. Marty on? Yep. That'd be kind of cool. I guess I never seen that one. I might have to go back and do some history looking, eh? It's in one of the very, it's in a single digit episode. How about that Doug Roll, that old guy, that old Doug Roll? Doug Roll keeps evading me. <laughs> um, hey, he does it to me too. I'm surprised. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie to you. My phone just went off and it was Doug texting me. So I don't know what he's up to, but he's probably up to no good, I'm sure. Well, when, when you, when you get a text from Doug Roll, you answer it immediately because you're going to lose your window. <laughs> right. He'll give me, he'll, he'll give me some grief. If I don't, I'll answer him in a little bit, but yeah, well, he's he, a good, when, when he yeah. calls you, you drop everything and answer that yeah. call. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Him and Jed, they're good people out there. They, uh, they really, um, that was crazy on the trip out there. Cause you know, we ended up, we uh we switched linkages to try to 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 basically we didn't we had a moto setup going out there and we hurried up and throwed something in and Doug's like why don't you guys just try this I think it's gonna be better than what what you got and it was it was pretty good and uh, it, it was pretty neat that just his his knowledge of the suspension and Doug's knowledge in general going so far back doug doug's got a story for everything and he's told me some pretty good stories and and you know it's just crazy just how involved he is still and you know like i'll joke with him be like why don't you just you know bring that lobo chassis back and i'm only making five i'm only making five every time i come out there 
there's another one sitting there. I'm like, dude, why don't you just product do these in production? Quit screwing around, you know. And he he's 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 really loves the suspension side when I talk to him. And uh, but I don't know, man. He's such a diehard. He's a good dude, and uh, you know, he's been good for. He's helped us out like for that race. We came out there and uh, just able to throw something together for us that obviously kept us super competitive with uh, with all your riders out there um was pretty cool uh, he keeps Bo happy and and Bo is very difficult to is he yes he... man I, I tell you what I met Bo for the first time and and I've I've heard nothing uh but good things about him but I never met him and uh, I actually got to meet him and what a what a class act what a good guy super nice um And, you know, that place went nuts when Joel came in to pit and Bo was in second and I was slamming fuel in Joel's and we got him out. And when uh, when Bo came out, I mean, he was on Joel's grab bar and that whole place was going nuts. And I'm looking around going, that's pretty cool. I mean, they they were rooting Bo on 100 percent. And luckily, Bo didn't get him. But I, I mean. It, it was it was neat that the fan base that Bo has, and and he's like got a fan base like Joel's got on the East Coast. You know what I mean? Because they give of themselves to the people. Yeah, for sure, for sure. A good guy, man. Uh, it was it was an honor to finally meet him. Uh, I seen a lot about him, uh, read a lot about him, uh, but to watch him ride is you know he's not a young buck no more, and he's still getting it done. He. I would have to say for a 28-year-old Joel Hetrick as fast as he is to come out and 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 for Bo to stay as close to him as he did, I, for me, that was a win for Bo. Yeah, I, I would say so too. I mean, it, it... The course was more, lend itself more to Joel. Absolutely. Absolutely. Three motocross tracks tied into one with a rock section. Okay, you know, hey, um, you're right. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Joel. The guy nope. is going to be fast on anything. Yep. When he, if he would have went to Mesquite a couple weeks ago, I don't, I don't, I don't think that he would have liked it a whole lot. I know this. He's seen a lot of backlash on the internet about this, about exactly what we're talking about, and you're going to get him again. Good, good. And not, at, thought, Glenn, and not at Glenn and not at Glen Helen. It's right. gonna be there. They really want to go to uh where's the last one at? Mesquite. Is it there? They they want to go to uh the last one's it's Mesquite or Havasu. Havasu, that's where they want to go. Havasu. They want to do Havasu. Havasu in the old days was the most miserable place ever they've groomed it so much it's it's still bad don't get me wrong yeah and there will be some you will need a little bit of school on prepping the machine for the sand and the rocks before you go there um nothing major you know right your woods your woods guys already have a package for it so it's it's nothing super major. Uh, Doug will have to talk to you about suspension because no matter what you put under the bike will not be right because <laughs> right. It, it, it changes so much. It changes so much and it just beats you to death. Yeah, that's it. I think I think that was you know, and I'm not making no guarantees, but I know 
that the internet fired him up when he read a lot of a lot of people made remarks about well it was basically a motocross track blah 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 it, don't get me wrong a lot of it was it uh, very much no, I was, was i was a little i i was a little pissed because you got to take your hat off to joel oh yeah yeah you i mean it, because he still did it yep he still <laughs> won you know he won you, you know, yeah. you don't, I don't care. It was his shorter race. He raced when the green yeah. flag dropped and the checkered flag waved, he was the guy in front and that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter yeah. what you want to say, how you want to say it. And Bo's the guy standing there cheering him on. He won. Yeah. He won. Yeah. That guy won, you know? Yeah. And, and, and if it would have been, if it had been a two hour race, I don't know that the results would have been any different, but I, I mean, he would have been, Joel would have been beat down pretty good, but that kid yeah it's hard to tell when he's tired you know it, it just is and uh and I, and I ain't taking nothing away from any of them guys out there because uh, i mean you're dealing with a kid who is one of the best right that's all there is to it i mean say what we want but bo baron's one of the best joel's one of the best all them guys i mean sloan all them guys them are good riders they're not they're not the, you know, scams. The, the <laughs> bad thing for us at that race, third to ninth place, had a problem. You're right. How heck, even even Bo had a terrible pit. Yeah. So Bo lost a ton of time. His pit. They came in and they didn't get turned. And I'm like, going, what? What? What are they doing? That's how bad the pit was. And no offense to anybody on his team. It, 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 a part of it was they came over like a tabletop and you're automatically the openings right there. And nobody's like kind of waving them. Nobody like it's hard for a rider, I think, to see where the opening is. Right. And I think that's what happened. And they lost a lot of time there. And and he wasn't the only one. There's a lot of people that had issues that probably don't normally happen i'm guessing you know travis damon crashed missed blew his pit totally yeah you know yeah, it was it was he lost, it, it was 40, weird 40 some seconds there and you know jacob stevens bike stalls in the pits and then they couldn't get it started yeah and and I was like you know one thing after another and, yeah. and i something happened to mike sloan i don't know what yeah, it was I, I didn't either. I, 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 I know something happened and I, and I, but I didn't get a chance to talk to Mike much. And, and he's another guy that was working with Kevin there for a while. And uh, I was sending him wheel covers and stuff. And I, I really wanted to meet Mike because I've talked to him a lot on the via text and whatnot, but I just, I never met him. And uh, I kind of wanted to meet him just because I've, I've heard the name a bunch of times. And just one of those things, kind of like when I heard your name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> nobody. Hey, I'm hey, nobody. you know what was you know what was funny was uh, we were standing in the pits, and Alan Knowles walked by me, and I've been friends with Alan since he was working with Gary Denton and CT Racing, and he walked by me and I, I swear to God, that guy hasn't changed one bit since the day I met him. And, uh, always, always a good guy. And, uh, I've known Alan for years and it was cool. I, it was cool to see Alan. I was hoping to run into like Curtis Sparks or somebody like that too, but I didn't see Curtis anywhere. 
you know, Curtis comes to a few, but not 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 very many. You know, there's been yeah. some changes in his world, and yeah, he doesn't get to as many. Uh, Taff, if we were at Taff, he might have showed up because it's kind of close to home. Okay, I got gotcha. you. You know, yeah, as I, Curtis is another good guy. I mean, it. You guys got the whole industry out on that West Coast. It, it was it was for me. It was a. Uh, uh, like being in heaven, I get to see all the guys, the originators of all the stuff. And, you know, it was pretty cool. It, it, it is pretty neat. Um, I've had people ask me because Curtis would be at the, at the race and we would end up during practice or something. We'd stand there and, and shoot the shit, you know, and actually just catching up on family and, and things like that. Right. And, uh, generally not even talking about ATVs and people would go, you guys talk to each other? Well, yeah, why not? You know, I, I used to be a fan when he raced. Right. <laughs> right. You know, they're like, uh, you know, that was a hundred years ago. And right. then and then you go to these nationals and you go to these races and and he's there and on the opposite pit or you know, three trailers down, and and you see him at dinner and you see him all these places all over the country for years and years and years you form somewhat of a relationship with these people and yeah for sure you know your competitors but really the industry's big enough that you're not competitors yeah no you're right i mean we i mean we got you know dasa's now in north carolina so we see lammy and them guys you know and brandon all the time well then we got you know tom malaska's they're all in north carolina now and we get to see it. These are our engine guys that help us out on a lot of stuff. And it's like, it's like, it's kind of neat, you know, like, cause DASA I've known, you know, I've heard of for years and years and now I've, I get to work hand in hand with them and, and good people, man, Dan, Dan and Brandon, they, they just, you couldn't ask for better people that are always, you know, willing to help you out. If you got something, it doesn't matter if it's a two fifty R a Banshee. I mean, they've, they've, they're really into the, they've been in it so long. I mean, do you remember, you remember Terry Varner? Yep. yep. Terry and I used to be really good friends and uh, he built a lot of my 250R stuff. And when I went to four strokes, Terry told me about team racers edge. And I says, huh? He's like, call these guys. These guys are who you're going to want to do your four stroke. I said, okay. You know, and I never did. And I, but I remember Terry me, Terry telling me that. And I ended up, I ended up uh, finally meeting him. And I'm like, the, you guys are the guys Terry talked about. And, you know, <laughs> Terry's good. Terry's a good guy. And I, I haven't talked to him in years, but, you know, good, good people, man. Always good people. That is a lot of history. It wow. is. It's crazy. But. I, mean, I, I have a, a show coming up with Mike Coe. And oh, my, yeah. And my dad. Wow. Yeah. Mike Cole, that's some old names. And that's all three-wheeler era, ain't it? Oh, yeah. Mike's always, yeah. you know, I like to have Mike and my dad on. Uh, yeah. Your your episode will air after that. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. So people will be hearing this going, well, we already heard that, you know. But yeah, uh, Mike, every time Mike sits down with my dad, they start talking about some of the old school stuff that I just remember as a kid. Yeah. You know, and Mike's not that much older than me, 
but still he was uh, old enough that he got to experience some of these things uh you know some of the old machine shops or you know we talk about the 9110s and the 185s's and and everything right right and and it, it's just really cool to to talk the history um there's yeah. some 70s guys that i'm going to that I'm trying to track down to sit down and talk about the old, old, old days um, when it was rigid frame nineties uh, yeah. at South Bay 117. Jim Babbitt came on and he was one of those guys. Um, there's a couple others that I'm trying to find. And once I find them, uh, hopefully they'll sit down and talk with me. Right. Yeah. You want to know a real quick one here. You know, you know, Arlen Lehman. Yep. LRD. Yep. So here's a fun fact. Uh, back in when I was running Banshees at the National Circuit, like 89, here comes this guy, walks up, and this guy was a nobody, walks up with these temp probes, and we were running a Banshee, and he's he, we're watching him, and he's like checking our exhaust and this, and we're like, you know, what are, what are you doing? You know, and, and he was like, oh, I'm just checking this, and he was working with a rider, from another country and you know we just started talking to him talk to him come to find out it was arlen layman but this was before lrd blew up and uh just got to know arlen real good and we used to tease him you know i'd be oh hey what's up let's race dude you know lrd and we 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 would you know we always messed with him and then like eventually arlen was like a a wizard he was super smart and ended up you know obviously getting with gary did the right thing he grabbed denton and went on to in i believe jeremiah too and grabbed two phenomenal riders and he was a phenomenal engine builder on top of it and uh just it was crazy to see arlen when he started like we knew him right when he started and all the way through and it was, it was pretty cool. You know, I was like, man, that was, he started like, you know, we were at nationals. I remember him before he was as big as he was. It was pretty cool. He spent a lot of time on the phone with my brother. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. Yeah. He was, he was, he was good though. I mean, he, he, I seen, I watch every now and then I'll get on Instagram and see him CNC and cases out and still doing two fifty R work and building pipes that looked beautiful. Right, right. Yeah. That's what it's all about, brother. Yeah, it is. You ain't lying there. Well, Jim, this was a lot of fun. Hey, man, I I tell you what, it's been an honor being on this show, and uh, it's great to really sit down with you, and I can't thank you enough for getting us that skid plate for Joel's quad. Uh, I know we didn't pay you for it. <laughs> so if, if you want to send us that bill, I don't, I don't have no issue with it, but we get you squared up. But if uh, I do appreciate everything you did while we were out there, you, um, you know, Kev, I can't thank Kevin enough. Kevin, uh, he's a junkie like us. He loves the sport, loves to wrench. And, uh, you know, like I said, it was great for the Phoenix race team to be out there. And um, I'm trying to push him to get him to come out more. Uh, for sure, because it was, it was, like I said, that West coast was a cool feeling. Um, you know, like I said, the people out there, uh, we had so many people come up and, uh, you know, just say hi, touch base. And, you know, uh, it was, you guys made us feel at home. That was cool. And I would hope that if anybody wants to come to the East coast 
and do some moto and sees us there or needs anything, then come talk to us or come see us for anything too. And we'll be able to, we'll help you out just like you did us for sure. That's outstanding. We really appreciate that. And um, I'm hoping that some of the guys do make a transition. Uh, Grayson, I am calling you out on Jim Hardy's show. I'm calling you out, Grayson. You need to come sit down and talk with me. You have insight. You have some information that anybody, everybody wants to hear and some stories. Um, so, Grayson, please come and be on ATV Talk. Yeah, we'll get. I'll get. A, I'll get a hold of them. I've been. I've called them a few times. We're gonna. We're gonna make that happen. We'll get them out of here for sure. Uh, Joel said he's gonna beat up on him too. So, <laughs> anytime you want to sit down, let me know. I, I. I like to shoot the shit. You know. Well, I'm definitely gonna have you back, and I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy schedule for me. Thanks again, Jim. All right, no problem. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at ATVTalkPodcast.com. Brought to you by Take-Two Custom Tees. Screen printing experience that is dedicated to quality and customer service every time. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience... Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. We'll see you next time.